The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. Good morning, New Song. Happy Father's Day, guys. Are you glad to be dads today? Man, I am. I wear it like a medal. And I am so glad that we have our day. Ladies, you had yours appropriately first. But uh, it's good for us to celebrate dads. And I am so excited to be with you here today. Pastor Josh, thank you so much for that warm intro. I like being introduced as a multi-tool. That's, uh, I've never had that before. But yeah, Swiss Army knife. I like that. Got to be versatile. Get the job done. We love your pastors. We love their family. We have put on a lot of miles with them and hope that we have many, many mores. And we love New Song. We've been here a number of times. And I got to tell you today, guys, I am beside myself. I walked in here. What is going on? How about these new digs? Are you excited about this place? Wow. Fantastic. But I think the thing that I am most excited about is the fact that you're getting to go to two services. You know what that tells me? It tells me you're healthy. Because anything healthy just naturally grows. And so every time that you've got to stretch a little bit, it's a time for celebration. It tells you God is blessing your efforts and there's something special about you that he wants to share with other people. So we're so excited about that. It is such a pleasure to be with you this weekend. My wife Gail and I have had a chance to interact with some of the guys of the church and her with some of the ladies of the church this, this last year. But as uh, Pastor Josh was saying, I have been in pastoral ministry in some capacity in the local church for over 35 years right now. And I've loved every moment of that. I was a senior pastor for about 19 of those years, and it was fantastic. But throughout all of this, our passion has always been our family. And that has carried into our ministry. And the things that we love doing more than anything else is just helping people like you to have stronger marriages and to have greater relationships with their kids because it truly is the gold within our lives. So let me ask you today, how many parents do we have in the house this morning? Let me see your proud hands go up. All right. How many of you still have kids at home? Oh, just about all of you. Hopefully none of them are in their 30s. There's a lot of that happening today, and that's why after the service today, I've got a special bonus workshop on how to kick your kids out of the house for those of you who may be in that situation. We won't go to that place, but I can tell you this, the older that I get, the greater the appreciation I have for what God has created in the family. I really believe that it is the building block of our society. As goes the family, so goes the society. And we have so much to be thankful for, and especially the family, as he was referring to it, the hashtag gold, I like that. That's what I like to think of our family right now, is the rich relationships that God has helped Gail and I to build within our home. And I want to take just a quick moment right now and just introduce you to what I always consider to be the big guns of our, of our family. I get the accolades, I get the spotlight, but here's the real secret to the Anderson family, and that is my wife, Gail. Gail, would you stand up? Would you just give her a quick hand today? 
And we've been blessed with a wonderful family. Uh, We've had our ups and downs, and we'll be the first to tell you, even though we'd like to talk about all the good things, hey, we've all had our lumps. None of us do it exactly perfect. But we've earned the right to talk about it because we've got a lot to show. And I'd like to introduce you to my family today. They all said they wish they could be here and sitting on the front row and cheering. But here is my clan. This is the clan so far. We've been blessed with three sons and twin daughters, so five kids. And then we've got three wonderful daughters-in-law. But the ones that I really want to draw your attention to are these six little munchkins scattered throughout right here. Now, grandparents, how many grandparents do we have in the house today? Oh, yeah, you are going to understand what I'm about to say. Moms and dads, listen to me. These little grandkids right here, this is the reason you don't want to kill your kids. Because it just keeps getting better. That's what it's all about right now. So we, uh, we love this and we hope that we have many, many more. But bottom line is we're very thankful for all of them. And, you know, one of the questions that I love to hear great interviewers ask their guests, no matter who they are, no matter what their background, what they're known for, is they will often ask the question, knowing what you know now, what would you tell your younger self way back when? I love that question. And you know something? I don't even care who they are or what they, what they have done. I love the power of hindsight. And you know, Gail and I, when we first started building our family, we were blessed to have some really great pastors, great Bible teachers, great mentors along the way. And, and yet, we really, this was an experiment. We would be up front. We would be teaching other young parents about what we were doing, and yet we were all just hoping that it all worked out. But the thing is now, with a little bit of hindsight, we can look back and we can say, you know something, there were some things that I learned. And often we get complimented about the kind of relationship that our kids have with each other and with us. We still like to hang out. You saw in that picture, we were smiling. They weren't pasted on. There was no photoshopping that was going on in this, in this photo. We really look for every opportunity to get together. And that's not by accident. And most of the time, people will say, man, what'd you do? How'd you get to that place? How did you get to the place where you guys still like each other? And you still want to hang out with one another. And Gail and I have asked ourselves that so many times. And generally, the answer starts off with something like, but for the grace of God. I mean, we are just thankful for God's blessing in our lives. We all need His help. And it's impossible to come up with an exhaustive list of all of the things that might be helpful to build a strong, vibrant, great family legacy. But I can tell you, it doesn't take us very long to find out that there are a few things that quickly come to mind that we know made a huge difference in our lives. And that's what I want to share with you today on this Father's Day for dads, but it will also carry forward to moms, grandparents. You'll get in on this too. I'm sure you'll be able to shout amen the loudest on a few of these things. And some of these deals, they're relatively simple. I mean, at first you might just want to say, that's it. That's what you got here for us today? Don't underestimate these relatively simple things. And I'll honestly tell you, if you'd asked me way back when, if you thought how big of a deal these activities and habits and values were going to be later on, I probably would have said, yeah, I think they're pretty good things, but I probably had no idea how much 
these things were going to make a huge difference in the long run. And that's what I want to share with you today. I want to share with you seven things that I do again in raising our kids. Would you join me in prayer just for a quick moment? Our Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this chance to be together on this day that we've set aside to honor dads. And Lord, there is no one who deserves more honor than you. We are so thankful for a perfect model of a Heavenly Father who loves us unconditionally, who goes before us, who provides, who protects, who encourages, who nourishes. We're so grateful for that. And Lord, we're asking that as we set ourselves before you today, that you'd encourage us, that you'd inspire us and stir us up to help us to raise up the young people that you have placed within our, within our stewardship. Whether it's our kids, our grandkids, nieces, nephews, neighbor kids, help us, Lord, to bring out the best in ourselves that we can be an example of you and make a huge difference in our world. In Jesus' name, everybody said... Now, I'm going to talk to you as a dad today, and that's about the only thing that I'm qualified to do. But I will tell you, ladies, don't tune out, because most of these things are going to apply to all of you as well. So here's my first one, and this is not in any particular order today. This just happens to be my current list. But number one, if I were to do things all over again, I would first and foremost make sure that I loved their mom. And that is probably not going to show up on a lot of people's lists for dads of what you would do in raising your kids right away. But I'm going to tell you something. It is the most important thing right out of the chute. And when I say love their mom, I'm talking about me loving their mom, my wife. I'm just simply saying love your spouse. And that's what God says as well. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25, he said, Husbands, love your wives. Not a suggestion, not a recommendation, get it done. Do it. Learn what it means to love her and love her. Not just as you think, but as Jesus Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Now, why in the world would you start off talking about parenting with, or, uh, with marriage? It's because, again, that's where the family begins, People often say, well, when are you as a couple going to start raising a family? When you said, I do, you began your family. Kids are just welcome members of that family as they come along. But you are setting the tone by loving your spouse. And here's the reason why I talk so much about this is because I don't know of anything that has a greater impact or creates more security in the heart of a child than a strong marriage. I remember I grew up in a relatively great home. I'm thankful for it. My dad was killed when I was 18, but you know something? I'm glad that I had the dad that I did. I'm thankful having a good dad for those 18 years, but there were a couple of nights that I can remember as a young boy growing up was a firstborn, and I would hear after we had gone to bed, I remember hearing mom and dad getting a little bit sideways with one another. And you may remember some of those times too when you overheard some arguments. And I don't care what child you, that there is, whoever hears that, it sends this, this tremor on the inside of you. And that's what we're doing with our kids when we use harsh words or we go through times when we're not getting along with one another. It creates instability, insecurity in a child's life. And God only knows just that there is so much insecurity today. 
And the last thing that those little ones need is to have that brought within their home. It means that you really need to watch it. You need to learn to work out your differences. And most importantly, to give them the example of what it means to love one another. That's what we do when we, when we go sideways with one another. We're setting some insecurity in the home. Our kids love the open displays of, of affection. And we were pretty good on the PDA in our house, respectfully, appropriately. Don't get the wrong idea. But there was lots of hand-holding. There was lots of kissing. There was lots of hugs. And you know, it's funny. When the kids are little, I've noticed that even with my, my grandkids right now, particularly granddaughters, they get all gooey when you go up. And if I'm kissing Nana or something like that, and they want to say, kiss her again, kiss her again. Come on, let's get in on this. They want to do it. And then they get a little bit older, and it's kind of get the room type stuff, you know. And, but I don't care what it is that they say on the outside. They love it. They love the fact that they knew that when push comes to shove, I had their mama's back. I was for her. I wanted the best for her, and I was going to prefer her needs. That creates stability in the family. Now, full disclosure, I wasn't perfect. I don't know a perfect dad. I don't know a perfect husband. But I can tell you this, I worked really hard to give a good example of what a good marriage, a loving marriage should look like and allow them to to see the benefits of that. So guys, the thing that I just want to encourage you today is to, to remind you what you already know again is that your marriage was meant to be an example of the kind of love that Jesus has for his church. That's a tall order, I know. That's why we got the greater one who lives on the inside of us. And as we yield to him, we can do that to learn to love our wives as Christ loves us. And as we do that, the rewards are going to show up best in your kids. So this is a good time right now. Uh, Husbands, why don't you just turn to your wives and just say, I'm going to love you forever. And you can go ahead and give a holy kiss if you want. We're in church and that's perfectly allowed right here. Number two, another thing that I would do if I were going to go back and tell my my younger self what to do in raising this family that I really wanted, build the legacy that I desired, was to spend regular time with them one-on-one. Now, I know that we all aspire to that, but if you don't do it on a regular basis and block it out in your calendar, it is one of those things that just continually gets kicked down the road, and you convince yourself that you are but chances are you're not doing it like which you ought to. And aren't you glad that your heavenly Father loves not only to meet with us in a day like today, but He just gets beside Himself when we show up and want to spend time with Him? I love that about our heavenly Father. And your kids want that with you also, Dad. Now, in our home, we called it special time. Nothing all that that fancy. It just started off this way, and for us... It amounted to I would spend about one hour with one of our kids every week on a rotating basis. And for me, it was always on Mondays because being a pastor Mondays for decades was, was basically my day off. Now, I got to tell you, I started off with this magnanimous goal, and I said one day, I need to have one-on-one time with them. And I'm always great guns. I start off really big. And so my goal at first was I'm going to spend an hour with each of my kids every week. That lasted probably half a week. 
It is totally unsustainable. And guys, you shouldn't put that kind of guilt on yourself. I'm just going to tell you, if you do this with one of your kids every week, over and over, year after year, you are going to build such relational equity It is going to be absolutely huge. And this wasn't the only time that we would spend together, but I want to tell you something. This was special. They look forward to it. With five kids, they had to wait over a month to have this special time with their dad. And it constantly bugged me, Dad, is it my time this week? But it was time for undistracted time together, hanging out, doing something fun, and just great conversation. Doesn't even have to cost any money. It's just being with dad. And here's the reason. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 through 22 says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Don't let them depart from your sight. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. So the purpose for this special time is to keep this relationship close enough so that you'll be able to speak into their lives at a time when they really need it. And you can't just come in on the scene when you haven't invested this time over a long period of time to just come in and just say, son, daughter, we need to have a talk right now. You need to have that kind of close relationship where you can speak to them, and not even just when they're little, but particularly as they grow older, they get into their teens, and then even when they leave the house. Not only are they going to listen to you if you invest this kind of special time with them, they're going to seek your advice. And I want to tell you something, it never gets old. It happens every week. I am so excited. My oldest is 36 years old. And it's surprising to me he does not make a major move without just saying, Dad, let me run something by you. He knows good and well that I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but he wants my opinion. He wants to run it by me. And I'm going to tell you, that is as good as it gets for any dad to have that kind of connection. Their ages now again run from 29 to 36, and I want to tell you the tradition still continues. We had a bit of a lapse there, but a couple years ago I realized they were still calling to get together, and I said, that's it. Special time with dad is back on. So now it's no longer Mondays, it's Sundays, and I still have a rotating time with them. And even my oldest son, who now lives in California, we're getting together via video chat. But dads and moms, I want to tell you this, and this is a whole other message, nobody is more qualified to be your child's life coach than you. God gave them to you. And so you might not think you're the sharpest knife in the drawer, but God gave them to you. And he's going to give you everything that you need if you will lean on him and do your best to build that relationship to be there for your child. And that's what's so important. Don't limit yourself this one-on-one time to only the occasional special times. There's plenty of other things. Bedtime is awesome. I love bedtime. Stagger their bedtimes enough so that you can have a little bit of one-on-one time with them, to debrief the day, to pray for them a little bit. Still one of our favorite things as a grandparent when we get to stay with them or they come over and stay at our house. Work projects around the house. I know, dads, it's just that never-ending honey-do list. So don't look at it as just a thing to get off the checklist real quick. Grab one of the kids with you. Let them shadow you. It's another opportunity just to hang out with dad. 
And even running a simple errand, I know it sometimes, and certainly with moms, you're looking for maybe an opportunity just to have a little peace and quiet. But it's a missed opportunity. Take at least one of the kids with you and make it fun. Spend this time blocking out time weekly to have some one-on-one time with them. Number three, teach your child, your children, to love and to respect each other. Again, not something that you would say, huh, never thought about that. But I want to tell you guys, the essentials of life were meant to be learned at home. And if I expected my kids to show respect and courtesy and to love other people as we are commanded to do so, then I needed to make sure that that started at home among themselves. That's where they learn it. We call it golden rule living. And golden rule living is best caught at home. The golden rule is in Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. You know it so well. Jesus put it this way, in everything. Therefore, treat people the same way that you want them to treat you, for this is the law and the prophets. Pretty big deal. He said, if you're going to boil down the essence of all the law and the prophets together, learn how to get along with one another. Treat other people as you would want them to treat you. I call this the granddaddy of all interpersonal relationships. You can go to all kinds of seminars, read all kinds of books. It still boils down to what Jesus said right here. And your kids need to hear this. They need to hear you explain it. Most importantly, dads, they need to see you model this. It is one of the greatest things that you can impart to your kids. Now, in our home, there were serious consequences for a handful of things. If you're lying, we're in trouble. If you're fighting and hitting one of your siblings, mm-mm-mm. And if you're mean-spirited and teasing one another, no, that's not going to fly in the Anderson home. But there were a few other non-negotiables as well, and that is we tried to create a culture of showing affection. Some were more affectionate than others, but my gosh, you're going to get hugs, and we're expecting you to hug one another. We're expecting you to treat one another with respect, and that starts with good manners. I tell you what, if you want to teach somebody respect and courtesy, it starts with please and thank you and excuse me. That's best to learn right at home. So simple, but I'm telling you what, so many are missing this today. Using respective titles for those who are in authority. Teaching your kids to use Mr. and Miss or Yes, Sir and Yes, Ma'am. Fortunately, we're pretty good about that here in Oklahoma. It's one of the things that I've always loved about our state. But it is so needful because these are the things that help us to learn how to live lives showing respect and courtesy. Life favors those who get along with other people. It's one of the greatest skills that you can teach your children. And I tell you what, our world needs a little bit more, a lot more respect and courtesy right now. Congress is not a very good example of it. Don't look to them for the example. It's not their job anyway, so no big deal. But I'm going to tell you what, it's our responsibility. And it starts with us, and it goes beyond just telling it, we need to model it. So help them to learn to love and respect one another. Number four, help your child discover and appreciate his or her purpose. I believe with all of my heart, and I'm sure you do too, that God creates every single one of us on purpose for a purpose. I'm so thankful for that. 
You may have heard yourself being described by your parents as an accident. You were not a cosmic accident. Whether it caught your parents by surprise or not, it didn't catch God by surprise. He has a purpose for every one of us, and He has a purpose for every one of your kids. No matter if they're shaping up to be what you thought, God created them on purpose. And here's the reason I can say that so confidently. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says, And we are God's masterpiece. Is that not amazing? Do you think of yourself as a masterpiece? As a work of art? Handcrafted? Something that was created one of a kind for a very specific reason? That's the way that God sees you. It's the way that He sees your kids. And it's the way that we ought to see them as well. He goes on and he said, he created us new in Christ Jesus. Why? So that we can do the good things that he planned for us. Hey, if you haven't figured this out, God knew about you a long time ago and he has a plan for you. You say, I don't know what that is. That's your job to discover that. And as you purpose yourself to do that, he will reveal it to you. But you've got some good things to do. Your children have some good things that need to be done to fulfill the plan of God in the earth today. That great preacher, Mark Twain, put it this way. He said, there are two of the most important days in your life, the day that you were born and the day that you discovered why. God gave your kids to you, and you brought them into this world by his design. But it is our job to help them discover who they are. And the way that you discover a purpose is by recognizing uniqueness. We had five kids. You would think five kids growing up in the same household with the same parents, all the same offspring would be relatively the same. And you know that's not the case. Five kids, we even had a set of identical twins. They are all completely unique. And one of the best things that we can do for our kids is to help them to be intentional about recognizing and celebrating each of their uniqueness. And we worked hard at that because we learned that early on. We had had somebody share that with us, that it's important to bring this out. I remember when one of our sons was around 11 or 12. Now, this is long before Craigslist and Internet commerce and all of that. eBay was just coming on the scene, and I was afraid of it. I had only heard of it. And my son one day, and it was back, this is way back when. I don't know if, does anybody remember Beanie Babies? All right? Beanie Babies were hot, and they were mainly distributed through Happy Meals and things like that. Jared discovered, he said, these things have a market value that is beyond what you're getting in the Happy Meal. So he comes to us and he just says, if we'll try and gather these things and sell them on eBay, I didn't even know what it was, we can make a lot of money. We had no idea what he was talking about. I just thought this thing is going downhill fast. But we encouraged him. Within a few months of him sending us all over town, on a schedule, knowing when these are going to come and hit and how we could market these things, that kid made a thousand bucks on eBay selling Beanie Babies. It helped us to recognize something that the rest of us really didn't have to his degree. He's an entrepreneur. He saw things that the rest of us weren't seeing. He understood a bargain when he sees it, and he still knows it today. 
He can tell you where the best deals are, where the best value is, and he is still making money by that beats all the rest of us. Another one of my sons, we called him the organizer. And I thought that I'd created a monster. I tend to be a little bit hyper about that stuff too. But man, this guy, he sees patterns and structure and in everything. It's the way he sees the world. And Gail would always refer to him. He says, you're an organizer. And that's the way he saw himself. And he just grew up, just everything. He'd pull it together and have a, have a structure, have a plan. And today he's the executive project manager for Church on the Move. He's just helping to keep great plans moving forward. The world needs all of us. We all have a part to play, and it is our jobs to to help find this out about our kids, not to focus on their deficiencies of what they're not, not to compare them with somebody else, but to celebrate those exemplary character traits and their abilities. And they might just be one or two things, but you're better at this than so many others. And it doesn't make you better as a person. It just means this is your uniqueness. And there's a place for you in God's plan. It creates self-worth. It creates confidence to help them to discern his purpose and ultimately their vocation. Something so important for us as parents. Dads, the other thing, number five I want to encourage you to do is work hard to create family spirit. I love this one. And I don't know that we ever intentionally did this. It just happened, probably because I'm just kind of a rah-rah guy anyway. Let's, Let's go. Let's make the best of this thing. But it is something that I've looked back on and I fully appreciate today. You know, every great sports team works really hard at creating team spirit. So much so that the families need to do that even more. We need to do it even more than that. Now, one of the things when I think about Oklahoma City is I think of the thunder and thunder pride and thunder spirit, and it resonates. I mean, I live in Tulsa, and I can tell when the thunder's having a good day, there is a tremor in the force, and it is so good. But even more so, it ought to be that that way to the nth degree within our family, that we ought to be more excited about our family than anything else. And it's not a matter of being better than anybody else. It's just a matter of belonging and that we're proud of who we are. Kids need to have this sense of belonging. And you know as well as I do that if they don't find it at home, they will find it someplace. And it probably won't be with the crowd that you want. So you need to create a sense of fun and of memory and of identity and celebrate this every chance you get. You know, you read through the genealogies in the Bible. And part of my Bible reading this last week is I ended up in Chronicles, and I'm reading through the families here, and it's going down this guy, this son, here was all his offspring going down here. And those are the things we generally skip over. But when I read the genealogies, I get excited because I see team spirit. That's what I see. Here you got the tribe of Dan, the tribe of Levi, the tribe of Judah, they all had their banners. They all had their cries. They, they knew that, yes, we're part of Israel, but, yeah, we're part of this family. And in our family's case, I don't have any problem telling you, we are the Andersons. Anderson with an S-E-N, thank you. It makes us different than the most of the rest of the world. We're Danish. We're excited about it. Kids don't even have a clue as to what that means, but we're excited about it. And it doesn't mean that we're different or better than anybody else, but we have our own culture, we have our own traditions, 
We know we're quirky and we love it. We have great memories, we relive them, we tell the stories over and over again, and it's what makes us the Anderson clan. And I just want to encourage you dads to take the initiative to create good memories in your family. If you're not creating family vacations right now, start. Start this summer. You don't need a second mortgage on your house to take them to Disney. If you can take them to Disney, fine. It's great. But it's not dependent on creating a great family memory. Start with what you can, where you are, and make it something special. And record these things and review them regularly and celebrate it. One of the best things that my wife did years ago was creating family journals. We have got journals of all of our family nights that we spent every week together. You wouldn't remember a one of them, but when you go back, it brings back the memories again. And it's what has made us who we are today. Family vacations. We even name our vacations and have its own cheer. We call them vacation cries. And it's all just about creating this rich heritage and these memories. And it's so important. Some of us have even gone so far as to have our family crest inked into our skin. How many got any tattoos in the house today? I'm not all that big on tattoos, but I broke down. I've got a big coat of arms on the back of my shoulder right now because my boys and I, we are rocking the Anderson family crest. Not saying it's a have to, pushing the point. Just be excited about who you are. Make that something to celebrate in your family. Number six, know when to move from control to coaching. I never read a book on this, but I learned it going through it. I believe in keeping young children on a short leash. I think it's absolutely vital for their protection and for their training. But at the same time, it's also vital to know when to lengthen this leash out and to help them to learn how to become their own good decision makers. Kind of that old thing of, you know, you can give a man a fish or you can teach him to fish kind of thing. And that's really what it amounts to here with kids as well. Here's the way the book of Proverbs puts it. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 20 through 22 says, My son, observe the commandment of your father, and do not forsake the teaching of your mother. Moms, it's a good place for amen right there. Bind them continually on your heart. Tie them around your neck. Notice why. When you walk about, they will guide you. When you sleep, they'll watch over you. And when you awake, they will talk to you. What I want you to notice here is that it's not necessarily you as the dad or the mom that's present and talking to them, but it's the things that you imparted to them from God's Word. Because in the beginning, when we're raising little kids, almost everything we talk to them about is instruction or do this, giving them directions, want you to go over there, put this on, don't do that, so much of that in their younger years, but there is coming a day when we will not always be with them, and we won't have a chance to be able to tell them what to do. And that's when you have to begin to start shifting and moving them towards becoming dependent on your directives and understanding the reason why. Follow the principles behind what you have told them to do all those early years. Now, my kids are adults right now. There's no way I'm going to tell them what to do. I wouldn't want my dad, if he was still around, telling me what to do. I've left that thing. I have a right to do what I want. But I want to tell you something. 
They still seek my counsel often, and I'm grateful for that. But when my kids are going through a tough time, even though I can't be there, I may be praying for them, but I trust that the things that I have downloaded to them over the years, not just the what, but the why behind what to do, is going to rise up on the inside and is going, they're going to be okay. So teach your kids not just the what to do, but teach them the why behind it. And you may not be able to do this completely when they're three or four or five. They don't fully get that. But as they get older, shift from control to coaching because it is those life principles that are going to guide them and talk with them and speak to them along the way. That's what's going to keep them on track. Finally, number seven of my short list today And this is not least, I've left the best for last, and it's this. It's teach your child to love and to serve God. Again, could go without saying, so important, no way you want to miss this one. As much as I refer to to teach, to I talk about my kids, I've said it today, I refer to them as my kids, you talk about your kids as your kids. My kids do not belong to me, and I hope you understand that. They just don't. It is one of the greatest gifts that God has entrusted to us. And we are to steward them, but it's to point them back to Him and to His purpose. Ephesians 6.4 speaks very clear to us dads. Fathers, don't provoke your children to anger or to deep-seated bitterness. But bring them up in the discipline, the instruction the nurture, the encouragement of the Lord. I see myself as dad, as not just somebody who just has a bunch of kids and I'm responsible to cover for them and them to kind of help me out. They have been entrusted to my care. It is the deep sense of stewardship that that causes me to have this sense of responsibility to raise them up. I'm not a taskmaster. I'm not supposed to be this drill sergeant. I'm not supposed to mistreat them and cause them to be, uh, have this deep-seated resentment. There are times that I'm a teacher. There are times that I am a disciplinarian. But the key word here is always loving teacher, loving disciplinarian. Never do anything to where your child would ever doubt your love for them, just as our Heavenly Father loves us. And here's the reason, guys, why we need to take this so seriously is because if your kids will not obey and follow you, they will not grow up to obey and follow God. And that is the ultimate fail. That is the ultimate heartbreak. And God forbid that that would ever fall to any of us or our families. It's your job. It is my job as parents to be able to point them to their creator, to help them to hit the mark for what he has called them to do. And dads, we need to model the love of God, of our Heavenly Father to them in an unmistakable way. None of us do this perfectly. My wife is so good about this. She says, you know, whenever we teach, we always teach on the strong points and it always makes you feel like, oh my gosh, you did this thing right. Are you kidding me? We didn't come out of the chute doing this stuff right. And to be real honest, I am thankful that we had a boatload of kids. 
because it just gave me a better opportunity to keep fine-tuning this along the way and to keep undoing some of the things that we wish we wouldn't have done and to just keep making it better. But I can honestly tell all of you today, my friends, that if I were to go back and to talk to my younger self today, I would tell myself to stay the course, stay on target, do these simple things that I've described to you today. Don't underestimate it because simple things done consistently over a long period of time can produce some pretty amazing results. The gold that we're experiencing today is beyond anything that I have achieved vocationally, and man, I've been blessed. I have worked with some great men, some great ministries, great experiences beyond what I deserved. But bottom line, after it's all said and done, what I want at the end of the day are those who are closest to me to still be closest to me. That's the real win. That's what we need to shoot for today, dads. Now, before I pray for all of you today, I just want to encourage you to uh, stay in touch. We just kind of just wet your whistle a little bit. And Gail and I, we just, this is what gets our motor running. And we created a website called kirbyanderson.com. And uh, we have blogged on there for a couple of years, have a lot of stuff, a lot of content, a lot of videos, all on the subjects of personal development, of marriage, parenting, and even health. And I want to encourage you today, uh, if you'd like a recap of today's message, as well as a few other resources that will just kind of go beyond this, do yourself a favor and go to kirbyanderson.com, and you're going to have to type this into your browser because you won't find this particular page I created for you today in a menu. So kirbyanderson.com, notice again, E, we're Danes, proud of it, Anderson with an E, slash parents. And when you go there, you're going to find some of these extra resources. And in addition, you could sign up if you'd like for our newsletter. We'll gladly send you our weekly posts to you. And the other thing I'm as excited about is I have a free ebook there called Seven Ways to Supercharge Your Family This Week. If you like this today, this is really going to light you up because it's going to go beyond and take some of these things we've talked about, like special time and family time and these things and give you some practical how-tos of how you can implement this in a bigger way this week. And I hope that you'll download that. On your way out, we've got some cards out there that just are reminders of our, of our website. And on the back side, you'll also find a way that you can subscribe to Gail's YouTube channel as well. It's called Mentoring Moments for Moms. Over 150 short videos right there just to help you moms keep doing what we need you to do is to be your best, stay encouraged, stay motivated to make your day a little bit easier and to help shape these young lives to turn this world around in a great way. So would you all stand today? I want to pray for you before we wrap up our time. Let's just lift up our hands towards heaven right now just as an act of receiving and Father, I am praying for this great church, these awesome people today. We have set ourselves before you today to be inspired and to be reminded again of this awesome responsibility that we have to pass along your heritage to our kids. I'm praying for dads today, Lord, that you would remind them of the awesome responsibility that they have and the promise of your help to be what they can be, to step it up a notch 
to make great decisions and to turn their hearts toward home that their kids would turn their hearts back to their fathers. That's what this world needs today. We ask that you would help us to give our kids a great example of of a godly marriage, to make our homes the place where our kids want to hang out, that their friends yearn to be a part of, that after our kids leave home, we have such great legacies that they are going to want to continue traditions and do the same things that they have learned to carry on that great legacy. Thank you, Father, for inspiring us today. Thank you for your help in helping us to make a difference in our own world. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.